Our second scripture reading continues the reading from Luke's Gospel, the 10th chapter. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Friends, we do not have cable TV in our house. And I love the show The Walking Dead. So we buy it through Amazon. And the downside of that is, while it airs on Sunday night, we don't get it till Monday night. So I have learned to stay off the internet, to stay off Facebook from Sunday night to Monday night. Because no doubt if I go, something will be spoiled to me. Someone will say, I can't believe what happened to this character or that character. Or I can't believe this happened. And it ruins it for me. So I want to give you a slight spoiler alert that I'm about to ruin three movies that are about 20 years old. So I feel safe in doing this. I try not to do recent movies because, you know, you might not have had a chance to see them, but if they've been out for 20 plus years, if you haven't seen them now, I'm sorry. But there are some movies that we cannot see again for the first time, that no matter how many times we watch them, they do not have the same impact as that first time. There are movies we watch again and again and they take on more meaning, but others are just never the same. No matter how many times we watch The Empire Strikes Back, we will not regain that oomph of Darth Vader saying, No, Luke, I am your father. No matter how many times we rewatch The Usual Suspects, we still know who Kaiser Sote is. No matter how many times we rewatch The Sixth Sense, we still know Bruce Willis's fate at the end and that he's been dead all along. And when the little kid says, I see dead people, he's talking about him. That emotional oomph, that, that gotcha feeling of seeing that for the first time is something that's lost in all subsequent viewings. And I feel that that's kind of how today's reading about the Good Samaritan is. It's a passage that many people are so familiar with. Across the country, there are Good Samaritan organizations, Good Samaritan hospitals. In Australia, there's even a Good Samaritan Goat Institute. The Good Samaritan is something that's become ingrained in our society. 
In addition, the, the, the shock of the Samaritan is lost because we don't really have a cultural equivalent and because we've heard it so many times. But for Jesus' initial hearings, this would have been shocking indeed. A lawyer, and it's not like a lawyer like we think of today, but an expert in the law in the Jewish books of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, starts to test Jesus. And he says, teacher, what must I do to inherit life? And Jesus says, well, what does the text say? How do you read it? What is your interpretation? And the man says, well, we should love God And we should love our neighbor. And Jesus says, you've spoken correctly. And the lawyer, wanting more than that, says, well, who is our neighbor? And I think implicit in that question is who isn't our neighbor? Because if we know who our neighbor is, then we know who our neighbor isn't. And we know the people that we don't have to love. The people we don't have to care for. The people we can write off. And so Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. He tells of a man that goes from Jerusalem to Jericho. And this was an 18 mile dirt path that sloped downhill, had mountains on both sides. It was a very treacherous, dangerous path. The hearers gathered around Jesus, even if they had not traveled this path, had heard of the danger of traveling on it. And as so often happens, bandits set upon this man. And the word bandit could be translated today as gangs, armed gangs set upon him. And they stripped him and took everything of him and he left him for dead. And two pastors, two Pharisees, two scribes, two religious leaders passed him by. They saw him and they decided to keep on going. And we love to make excuses for these two religious leaders. Well, they couldn't go near him because they were afraid he was dead. And if they went near him, they'd be ritually unclean and unable to perform their temple duties. Except they were going from Jerusalem. They were going away from the temple. So that shouldn't have been a concern. And the Hebrew scriptures tell us that we should bury our dead. So that should not have been a concern. Well, maybe they were afraid they would be beset upon by the same bandits that they were laying a trap. I heard a comedian once talking about the art of comedy. And he said, good comedy comes in threes. Lists of threes. People expect things to be in threes. If I say two things, you could probably finish the, the third. If I said red, yellow, and... Green was what I was thinking of. I was thinking of a stoplight. Um, red, yellow, and blue. Okay. Maybe it's a cultural thing. I'm not from Maryland. Uh, primary, colors. primary colors. Okay. All right. I'm not a teacher either, and we have many teachers here. So, uh, all right. What about father, son, and right? Larry, Curly, and yeah. See, good threes. But the comedian said that to really get them, you have to switch that third one up. And Jesus does that with the Samaritan. Instead of Larry, Curly, and Moe, it's Larry, Curly, and Osama bin Laden. What? You don't don't expect it. And so instead of having another religious leader, 
he puts in the dreaded Samaritan. The Samaritan that all Jewish people despised. They hated. They couldn't stand them. It was better to to kiss a pig than to kiss a Samaritan. To marry a Samaritan was like marrying an animal. If we look at our modern culture, this actually still holds true because Samaria is located in the West Bank in Palestine. And the West Bank and Israel, if you follow today's news at all, do not get along. They are constantly infighting with each other. But it's the Samaritan that comes and sees the man and stops and helps him. And I like what Martin Luther King Jr. wrote about this parable, that the first two travelers thought, what will happen to me if I stop and help this man? But the Samaritan thought, what will will happen to this man if I don't stop and help him? So the Samaritan takes him, takes him back to the inn, pays for his room, his board, his care, Make sure he is taken care of. It's a familiar story to us all. Since last fall, we've been on the narrative lectionary. And we've been tracing the Bible. In the fall, we went through the Old Testament. Since Christmas, we've been going, traveling through the Gospel of Luke, looking at Jesus' life. And one thing I like about the narrative lectionary is sometimes it forces us to look at Scripture in new ways. When I saw that it was the Good Samaritan, I thought, what new am I going to say about that? But then I saw today's reading wasn't just the Good Samaritan, but it is also Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha is another familiar story. Jesus and his followers go to Mary and Martha's house, and Mary welcomes them in, and Martha's listening to him at his feet and gets upset. I think I've got that backwards. I always get the two of them confused. Well, yes, Mary was listening at the feet while Martha was doing the household chores. And Martha's sisters do get ex- gets exasperated and goes to Jesus and says, Why is Mary sitting there listening when there's so much to do? And Martha says, Well, Jesus says, Well, Martha, she's listening to me, and that's the most important thing. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've read the Bible, I can't tell you how many times. But usually I read it very segmented, as the lectionary is. I did not realize that these two passages, the Good Samaritan and Mary and Martha, were together, that one leads into another. I'm sure I knew it at some point, but it's not something that I ever connected. So instead of just looking at the Good Samaritan and just looking at Mary and Martha, I started to look at how do these passages go together? What connects the two? And I realize that Jesus is flipping our expectations on its head. Jesus is uprooting everything we know. Yes, the good Samaritan helping the man on the path to Jericho is a complete and total shock. But there's just as much shocking information in Mary and Martha. When Martha opens the door and welcomes in Jesus, that is not a woman's role In Jesus' society, that is the role of the father or the oldest son or the oldest brother. And we know that they had a brother. We know that their brother was Lazarus. He is the one that should have been opened the door. But instead, Martha is putting herself into a male's role in this society. 
Similarly, Martha, or Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening. And you might not think there's anything wrong with that, but that is the role of a male student. It was the male students that would gather around Jesus' feet or any teacher's feet and listen and learn. And here is Mary putting herself into this male role. And we see Jesus turning everything upside down. We see stereotypes being destroyed. Whether it's ethnic stereotypes of a Samaritan or gender stereotypes of Mary and Martha and what a woman's role is and a man's role. And we see that the kingdom of God does not care about that. That Jesus came and flipped everything upside down. That Jesus came to save all people, Jewish and Gentile alike. That Jesus came showing love for everybody. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world. The world, everybody. That He sent His only Son. And when we try to divide ourselves, when we try to categorize ourselves, we divide the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the body of Christ, is all of us. And we all have roles to play. And as long as we play the roles that we are called to play, that is fine. But when we try to put ourselves into false divisions, when we try to separate ourselves, we divide the kingdom of God. Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan in response to the question, Who is your neighbor? Your neighbor is your Jewish neighbor, your Samaritan neighbor, your Christian neighbor, your Muslim neighbor, your agnostic neighbor, your atheist neighbor. They are all your neighbors. And the key to inheriting eternal life is loving God and loving your neighbor. No matter who it is. We see this holds true at Mary and Martha's house. Jesus doesn't care what role they're supposed to play. Jesus cares the role they are playing. When Martha falls into the traditional role of of, uh, hospitality and serving the, the men and complains that Mary isn't helping because she's listening, Jesus says, that's what's important. Listen to me. I don't care what society tells you you should do. I don't care what anyone else tells you to do. I care what I tell you to do. And as the lawyer found out, what Jesus tells us to do is to love God and to love neighbor. That's all that's important. That's what matters is that we love God and we love our neighbor. The rest takes care of itself. Amen.